0: It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Geek Top 5! I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And we are just coming off the heels of the San Diego Comic-Con, which is essentially mecca these days for geeks, complete with pilgrimage. Um, All the people who want to see what's going on are there, and all the people who are making what's going on is there to show you what's happening. And we've got the best of the best of it to come straight to you. So, at number 5, I got some news released, and the lucky folks there got to see some new stuff for Guardians of the Galaxy 2.
1: Yeah, this is the, a surprise hit, uh, uh,
0: what was it, two years ago now? This is 2014. Guardians um, of the
1: Galaxy, man, n- yeah. came out of nowhere.
0: Nobody knew, like, nobody read Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and the movie was phenomenal. So good. Adventure wrapped in a comedy with some Marvel flair. Pretty well liked critically and phenomenally well liked by the audience. Definitely. Um, I've been waiting, have been waiting for anything about a sequel for a long time, and we finally got a bunch of it. Again, no publicly released trailer. Yeah, that was
1: disappointing. You know, uh, over the last few years, the studios have realized that if they they hide the trailer stuff, it's just going to get leaked by people on their shaky cell phones, so they are forced to release a better edition sooner than they want anyway. But Guardians of the Galaxy 2. For the most part, I, I couldn't find any of, the, any of it leaked anywhere.
0: I, uh, you know, would never <laughs> go searching out for any illegally procured <laughs> version. Of it. I haven't seen it either. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the interesting things to come out of this, though, uh, something that I would have assumed would be a spoiler, but apparently is the first note they hit in this information stuff is revealing Star-Lord's parentage.
1: Yeah, so in the first movie, uh, the the whole premise is that uh, Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt, his mother is dying at the very beginning of the movie, and he gets abducted by aliens, and his, his father is sort of a mystery. You don't know who he is or, or anything about it, but it was teased throughout that first movie. We were pretty sure Kurt Russell, who was recently cast, was going to be playing his father, but there was a lot of talk about who he would be, because they already said they were diverging from what was established in the comics. <laughs>
0: Which they have already with their choice of characters to found the team, right. etc. But yeah, I mean, his father got revealed and is well known in the comics. Uh, j apostrophe son. Yeah, I mean, Jason. <laughs> yeah, but he's an alien, so yeah. he can't have vowels. They have apostrophes instead of vowels in space. Just son. Yeah, um, who isn't that interesting character? To be honest, he's just you know
1: another sort of megalomaniacal space villain. But very human-looking, like nothing special about his species, the Spartax.
0: Yeah, it's so they decided to go the opposite route, uh, where apparently, if you if you've read comics and you haven't heard this, get ready to hold your mind together. (laughs) Apparently, in the movies, his father is Ego, the Living Planet. Right. So this is one of those like (laughs)
1: classic '70s Marvel drugged-out cosmic characters. He, it's it's a planet that has a face and a goatee
0: and can fly around space. And, you know, has delusions of grandeur. Maybe not because it isn't like a moving planet that puts you pretty high up on the food yeah, chain. Yeah, yeah. And, but, I'd take that. But he's been a bad guy. He's fought Thor. He's fought the Fantastic Four. He fought Rom Space Knight, which is the second time I've ever read that name. <laughs> <laughs> And that's pretty much all there is to him. He keeps getting blown up and then reconstituted and right. all that jazz. The kind of stuff that happens in comic books. But he's a planet. Now apparently he has a son? Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're saying that
1: he can turn into a very, you know, Kurt Russell looking humanoid in the the movie. I, as far as I know, that's that's new to the character. I don't think he can do that in the comics. I
0: I th- seem to recall like when he's broken into shards, like they, they maintain his consciousness and like right because there was a like an ego prime or something at some point. Okay, it's I mean there's a lot of this material. It is not A grade material. I'm not on <laughs> board with it, and it's not very consistent. So yeah. it's hard yeah. to it's hard to bother to follow all this. Right. But yeah, his what's the name of the actress who plays Nova Prime in the first one? Glenn Close. Glenn Close <laughs> in the first movie says to him that his father is something very ancient and very old and very alien and to sort of boost who he is. Like he's right. not just a human. He really is a hero. Having it be an entire planet is bizarre. Having it be Kurt Russell is fantastic. Yes, uh, I can't wait to see Kurt Russell play off against Chris Pratt.
1: Yeah, well, one last note about Eagle the Living Planet. He was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and has to have been one of the last characters created by that creative team together. But I don't know. That just struck me as odd. That you know, the guys who created all these major Marvel characters, Thor, Hulk, but like the gritty real world. You know, base foundation of the Marvel Universe also created ego-living planet, planet. but that's neither here nor there. Uh, James Gunn, the director, has said that this movie is going to have fewer characters in the first one, but I'm finding that a little hard to believe, considering they've already announced all of the main cast from the previous movie are back, including Nebula, one of the villains. Yeah, Nebula is
0: on the team now, which is kind of crazy. Have they established that? She's in in the concept art, like, when they're doing dramatic poses with them. So maybe it's It's, one of those things where, like, the
1: enemy of my enemy is my friend? Maybe, but her
0: and Yondu are now, like, part of the the promotional artwork. Right. Which Yondu, I get.
1: Yeah, he's Uh, pretty sweet. He's he's sort of Star-Lord's adoptive father, a.k.a. the guy who kidnapped him.
0: Yeah, Uh, but in the movie, he was the blue guy who could control the arrow by whistling. That guy.
1: So cool. Yeah.
0: He was great. His performance was yeah. great. The, you know, you have any more of these little things? I want to line them all up on my control console. Yeah. Like I, just, I don't know if you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to have him back. Um, of course, they mentioned, you know, we, they, well, not even spoilers. Don't worry about it. The baby Groot is back. Right. So still kind of Groot, but in small form. We see him riding Drax yeah. in a lot of the art, which that's going to be a fun relationship. We already see some of that tease in the after-the-credits scenes in the original Guardians of the Galaxy they're also adding
1: Mantis, a psychic, uh, alien, sort of half-human, at least in the comic books. In this, it sounds like she's going to be working for Ego, is my understanding, as, a, as a, like a sort of sidekick villain. And they've also added Elizabeth DeBecky, who who is an actress who's been in uh, Great Gatsby. Uh, just a bunch of stuff, recently especially. She was in uh, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., which is her last really like big-budget project. Anyway, she's going to be playing a character called Aisha who is a character I don't know a lot about. She's sort of an obscure Marvel character, Who, but she does have a lot of ties to this cosmic stuff, and she's tied to Adam Warlock, who is a character who fights Thanos and has ties to the Infinity Gems. Anyway, a lot of news was released, not much footage, which was disappointing, but that's why it's number five on the list. We're very excited, dying to see more. Yeah, uh, it comes
0: out May 5, 2017. So we got a bit of a ways to go. I'm sure they will fill those gaps. I'm sure by the holidays we'll start seeing trailers.
1: Yeah. Uh, probably in front of Doctor Strange.
0: Almost certainly in front of Doctor Strange.
1: Alright, so from some some good news to some...
0: Uh, yeah, geez. Not great news. Not great news. Um, we talked way back, I think in our third episode, about The Killing Joke. Um, classic graphical novel. It's Alan Moore, I believe. Yeah, Alan yep. Moore and it's Brian the...
1: Boland did the art...
0: The definitive Joker story. Uh, we talked about it more in that episode, so go head back into the archives and have a listen. Uh, but the big thing was that it was coming out as an animated feature, which we really wanted to see. And um, it was it was big
1: news because it was it's such a dark story, and to see it as a cartoon had people excited, but also a little trepidatious, I guess.
0: Yeah, and um, it, so it's come out, and it is two things, both incredibly disappointing. And mm. very controversial. Definitely controversial. So, I mean, let's break it down. So first, in terms of disappointment, it's just not very good. Um, there's re- a lot of problems with the animation. It's I, it's almost as if they didn't draw enough frames per second. It looks so, really cheap. Yeah it, lo- yeah, it looks like they really cut all the corners on this. It's just, it's hard to follow. It, it looks like something that isn't finished. The acting is the acting's actually really good, but there's a lot of monologuing, and it starts to drag out. It seems like right. they didn't do a, enough of a job adopting from you know, text right. into a screenplay. They
1: were going very literally what yeah. was on the page. They
0: stuck very closely to what was on the page. and At points, like the characters are just talking to no one, right. really talking to the audience, on and on, and you're hanging your head. Um, now there's, there's one very controversial place where they didn't stick with the script. Yeah, and that's where the controversy comes in. So besides all the disappointments that it's not a great adaptation of The Killing Joke, one of the things with The Killing Joke, yes, it's... A- quintessential Joker story. It's very important but there's also the Batgirl element of the story where part of what happens in here is the Joker shoots like the laser gun or anything like actually with a gun shoots Batgirl Barbara Gordon and leaves her paralyzed. Yeah. And it's a big developing moment for her character because she eventually becomes the Oracle. At the time it doesn't really treat her very well. No. She's
1: basically just there as as set dressing for the inevitable confrontation between uh, Batman and the joker and uh, commissioner gordon her father is also basically just a tool in that uh fight as well but what happens to Batgirl? there's like she's definitely getting shot through the spine but then there's some disturbing photographs taken of her yeah the
0: whole point is basically joker's trying to drive commissioner gordon insane right and he's doing this to his daughter but it's like it's weird to use a character like that as a plot point and it's been a point of criticism mm-hmm. so to do this, they were talking about they wanted to do more with Batgirl and it really it would give her more agency. Um, the quote is that they were to you know, take the opportunity to basically tell a Batgirl story, which we don't often get a chance to do these days. And it was great because we could spend more time with her as a character and get to understand what she's all about. It goes on for a bit. They did not do that. <laughs> the, the killing joke again sticks very close to the source material. It is. Page by page what happens in the graphic novel. What they did is in front of the killing joke, they added a half-hour vignette. It's like watching two episodes of the television show. They just added a Batgirl episode to the front of it. And if this is how they want to give a, you know a Batgirl more agency, they need to turn around and have a look. Uh, the yeah. Batgirl story is essentially, she's p- partnered up with, ba- well, in this, let me make it clear, Batgirl's story in this adaptation <laughs> is that she's paired up with Batman, and they're hunting down a criminal who's obsessed with Batgirl. He's constantly, he loves her, and he's framing all their encounters as dates, and it's all very, you know, it's, it's very sexist and misogynist, but of course it is, because he's a bad guy. Right. So we can understand that. But it comes out that, if Batman basically says to Batgirl, you're getting too involved in this, you're letting him lead you on, That you're too emotional for this, I'm taking you off the case. And Batgirl's reaction is essentially, nah, Right. And so she goes and pursues it anyway, and we see through both her actions as Batgirl and as Barbara Gordon in her real life, the reason she's doing this is because she has a crush on Batman. Which is already, okay, that's a little weird, because Batman has always been a paternal figure. Batgirl. Like,
1: Usually, in the cartoon, they kind of blurred the lines a little, and even then, it was it was a bit controversial because she's supposed to be more sort of on the level of a Robin, you yeah, know, at least ten years younger, uh, and and definitely and, and
0: definitely a junior partner, yeah. Um, and even if that's all it was, I mean, it's already a problem, and like she, you know, she's sort of lying to her. Her, you know, her people she's hanging out with in her real life, because she can't tell them she's Batgirl. But, so she's masking the whole thing with, yeah, it's a guy, and I don't know if we're really together, but we have all these feelings. And, and it's clear Batman has no feelings right. for her. He, she gets really engaged in this case, and he just keeps telling her, stop being so emotional. I'm Batman. Yeah. And leaves. <laughs> so she lets her emotions get the best of her, and she screws up, and Batman pulls her out of the fire and yells at her. And then she does it again, and Batman pulls her out of the fire and yells at her. And now she's so upset that she takes a couple swings at him. And, which, of course, don't connect. And he's blocking and dodging because he's Batman. And she gets the fight gets more and more intense. And then they start making out. It's that cliche.
1: Oh, man.
0: And Hard then, to watch. And then they have sex.
1: Right. Not even, like implied but like pretty extreme. no
0: she rips she whips off the cowl and takes her top off and then the camera pans up to the stars right and then the next day she's talking about it they clearly find out yes they had sex mm-hmm. and she feels bad about it and he's batman so he kind of feels bad about it. but he's still saying listen we'll talk about it later right now there's a case you stay away but i'm working on the case she doesn't, causes problems again, ends up catching the criminal, but almost beats the criminal to death because she's so upset, and then finally realizes, oh, Batman was right. I'm, you know, I'm just a young woman, I'm too emotional, so she <laughs> quits. So she gives him back the bat stuff and quits, and that's the end of the story. <sighs> that she's just too emotional and unstable to be a bat girl. Wow.
1: They really needed to get some uh, women on this writing team, I feel like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because this is just... And, Awful. And it came out at the panel. Like, there were a lot of people saying, Really? Yeah. Like, really? This. <laughs> and so, all the agency for the character is completely robbed. Yeah. And literally, that's the end of her story. It cuts to black, and then we fade up into the start of the killing joke. Where Batman, you know, he goes through the steps, realizes the Joker has escaped. We cut to Barbara Gordon. She's at home with Commissioner Gordon. Joker goes there and shoots her. And that's it. That's all we see of her. After the credits, we get a little tease of the Oracle. But that's it. That's how they decided to give Batgirl agency. Yeah. Is she screws up, has sex she shouldn't, (laughs) decides she's too emotional to be a superhero.
1: Wow. Not good. I think, uh, you know, even the people who uh, are super critical of the comic book would be disappointed in that thing. They would be like, just stick with the comic book. If you're going to do that, just drop it and let's just add, adapt the comic book and, and leave it at that. But this is uh, pretty rough. At least in the comic book, with you got 10, 20 years of Batgirl or uh, Barbara Gordon as Oracle and had a really positive, disabled character being portrayed in all of the Batman comics, all that whole Batman versus the JLA. She would show up and help them. And she was like a genuine superhero from a wheelchair and and it was it was great. This is pretty disappointing. A lot of people were very excited about this, especially coming off of the pretty good adaptation of uh The Dark Knight Returns, and this was uh not what anyone was looking forward to. Okay, so let's uh yeah. move on from from uh D C misstep to hopefully a Marvel uh step in the right direction. Isn't
0: that always the way though? Seems DC like DC missteps, these days. Marvel succeeds
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on the heels of the very successful uh, Netflix series, Jessica Jones, there's a Luke Cage series that's going to be starting in September. It, it's a pretty quick turnaround. The, the Jessica Jones series, uh, it, you know, as with all these Netflix things, the whole series got uploaded at once, and it wasn't that long ago that that happened. Now we're going right into Luke Cage. He's uh in the comics he was very much a black exploitation character, sort of inspired by, you know, Blackula or Shaft or, or any of those movies. And he's you know he's a, a streetwise ex-con who, while he's in jail, has these experiments done on him, so he has unbreakable skin and he's super strong. And as time has gone on, he's sort of evolved and become more of a three-dimensional character. And he, but he's still a very street-level character. And it looks like that's exactly what they're going mm-hmm. for. That was on one trailer. of the
0: trailer. Yeah, that was one of the quotes from that came out at the panel. They were saying, "The Avengers save the universe. Luke Cage saves the streets." Right,
1: and. It looks like it's gonna be a nice balance between the two current Netflix series, Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Daredevil's very much superhero stuff, fighting ninjas, he's got superpowers. Jessica Jones has superpowers, but she mainly uses her brain and she she is very grounded and has a lot of real world problems. Yeah, it's
0: almost like a detective show with some like extra elements spiced on.
1: Yeah. So this, he's got superpowers and he uses his super strength to fight crime, but he's fighting, like, drug dealers and and trying to clean up the streets of his neighborhood and just make his neighborhood safer. But it looks great. Uh, The trailer looked like they were taking a page from... There's a, a famous scene in the first season of Daredevil where he... It's like a single shot and it follows him down this hallway as he beats up these guys as they come out of doors. And it's just a really intense scene. And in this... Luke Cage is walking down a hall. There are gangsters shooting at him, and he's using a car door as like a shield, and he's smashing people with it and throwing them through walls. It looks pretty cool. And... Yeah,
0: all set to the you know the glorious overtones of the old Dirty Bastard of the Wu Tang. Oh yeah, which uh, <laughs> I, it seems to be the style they're trying to go for for this yeah. entire thing. They like, just sort of like uh, it, it looks like a really neat take on mm-hmm. this sort of thing. Um, And that also, you know, obviously there's going to be some crossover, like through the Jessica Jones thing and all these Netflix series and stuff that's coming together. But Luke Cage has always been one of those characters, like you said, who's just so two dimensional to start giving him this agency and doing something with him. It looks like it's going to be a really compelling way to add to the character.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, they also released a brief sort of teaser trailer for Iron Fist, and that is going to be coming out, I think, sometime next year. But in the comics, when the Luke Cage character's popularity started to wane, the Iron Fist characters' popularity was waning as well. So their titles both kind of got cancelled, and they were put together as the Heroes for Hire, and it was this brilliant combination of two exploitative movie genre knockoff
0: characters being smashed together. Yeah, the, the black exploitation brawler and the kung fu monk
1: yeah and it's i just loved the idea of it and i really hope they pull it off they do something with it in the shows they also had a teaser for the defenders which is going to bring all the characters together and i'm dying to see the iron fist luke cage dynamic
0: yeah and defenders is basically the avengers for the tv heroes, right right that's yeah. what they're gonna do daredevil jessica jones uh, iron fist luke cage maybe punisher that, right, yeah. They did talk to Punisher at the panel. The yeah, <laughs>
1: incomparable John Berenthal. He really I mean, he's the what, the third uh punisher or no fourth punisher on the live action screen. Right. And by far the best. So good.
0: It's see so Marvel is they have this side of them where they're going gritty and dark and they're doing it really well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A, that's gotta be embarrassing <laughs> for the other side of the argument. <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's move on to, to, well, what I think is number two, but I think there was some controversy between us about that.
0: I would argue this is number one. Um, uh, To be fair, I've conceded it should be number two, because there should be at least one episode of Geek Top 5 (laughs) where Star Trek or Star Wars (laughs) is not the number one slot. But Star Trek news. we found out at the the con, um, we have a title and a ship. For the new, which is the part I'm super excited about. We have a title and a ship for the new Star Trek television show debuting next year. It's going to be Star Trek Discovery.
1: And the ship is the USS
0: Discovery. USS Discovery. Registry number NCC-1031. Which is important. We'll get to that in okay. a second. But essentially, this is just a trailer. This Star Trek is a little bit guilty of spaceship porn. There's... <laughs> There's, especially in the motion picture era, there's a lot of, like, beauty shots of the ships, like, leaving space dock. Like, you'll, you'll, maybe you'll cut into the bridge and be like, take us out. Right. But then you, there's, like, a 17-minute-long sequence of all the lights turning on and the ship gracefully sliding out. Like, they did, they did that same thing. It was only a minute 30 or so. Yeah. But we got to look at this new ship. Very clearly inspired by a piece of Ralph McQuarrie concept art, which I thought was really interesting. He's usually well known for doing the Star Wars concept art.
1: I think they hired him for a a movie that never ended up happening.
0: I think it was either the movie or the Star Trek Phase 2 stuff. Yeah, there's a bit
1: of a blurred line with some of those uh, scrapped
0: uh, series and ideas. Some of it ended up coming back for the early next-gen scripts. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Uh, But this weird-looking ship that he drew, it's got sort of a very triangular hull. section with an aft shuttle bay very much drawn on for this new ship uh, which actually there's a few interesting things about that i mean for one thing it's the first federation starship we see that's this weird sort of coppery bronze color yeah which is not very federation and the angular design of it isn't very federation it's got that saucer section but then an aft section i'll come right out and say it looks a lot like a klingon ship Mm -hmm. which is interesting but i mean here's the thing they
1: keep releasing these sort of nuggets of information, and it sends all of us trekkies crazy with all our speculation like we are seeing Klingon stuff in there that might not actually be there, but we're talking about it like it's it's
0: i don't know it, it's yeah, absolutely it is pure speculation yeah but it's it's just it does not look like a federation starship. They also haven't said when the series takes place. Yeah,
1: and that led to some uh, another bit of controversy between you and I.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of these. Well, you know, uh, add on to this. One thing they have confirmed is that it does take place in the Prime Universe right. and not the Kelvin Universe, not the JJ Universe.
1: Right. So to be clear, this takes place in the same versus the uh, William Shatner, uh, Captain Kirk, the Captain Picard, all of those guys. Yeah. We,
0: you know... Prime Star Trek. Yeah, um, but we were trying to figure out like when does this take place? We're looking at the registry number. The number on the ship is one zero three one. The number on the Enterprise is one seven zero one. Right. So if they're numbering these ships as they're built, does that mean this ship was built seven hundred ships before the Enterprise? The other. The flip side to that is is. That might not be the case because there was
1: a ship on the original series that looked just like the Enterprise and in the same sort of, uh, uh the same class of ship, and its registry number was 1071.
0: Yeah, the Constellation,
1: I think? Uh, Constitution.
0: Constitution.
1: Okay. Now, oh, a Deckard ship? I think so. Okay. Now, the, the, obvious answer for that is they only had so many pieces and so many numbers so they just rejigged the 1701 to make yeah, it that's the literal answer yeah
0: and further extending the literal answer is that they've never been consistent enough with these registry numbers yeah for it to make a difference like you know in the the DS9 <laughs> Voyager era they're up to 74,000 yeah like does that mean there are 74,000 Federation ships I mean I guess maybe, maybe. but that's a lot of spaceships
1: <laughs> and then in uh in next gen when uh with the Locutus of Borg at Episode, uh, like something like forty ships get destroyed, and forty uh, the the and Riker and Picard and no, I guess it was Riker and Shelby at that point were like devastated by that. It was like a huge loss to to Starfleet, and I mean forty ships by any stretch of the imagination is, is a big loss. But if there's seventy thousand, I think forty would be a drop in the bucket. You
0: figure they would have sent more than forty yeah. to fight the Borg cube. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of little <laughs> speculative bits like this. Um, I do like the Klingon one. You also note right at the end of the trailer when they bring up all the text, text appears to the sound of a cloaking device. I
1: don't know. I listened to it again. I'm not 100% convinced that's a cloaking device. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I've
0: listened to a lot of cloaking devices in my day. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, But the fact of the matter is that this is news because we have a title for the show and we've seen the ship, which is a big deal in Star Trek, but that's all we have. Yeah. We still don't know exactly when it takes place, which would be so helpful... For knowing where they are like, and what could be happening in the show. Definitely. You know, if it happens... Before the Kirk series, okay, well that means there aren't going to be Dominion there. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's going to mean uh, a lot about if there are Klingons and, and their involvement and what the relationship is. So, And if it's after the original series, that changes things too.
0: Yeah, why does the ship have such a re- weird registry? Why is it such a weird ship? Yeah, why? I mean, the weir- real
1: world answer about the registry number is that the shuttle Discovery, its number was 103. So one oh three one The real world shuttle, not...
0: Like, yeah, yeah, the space shuttle, the space shuttle not, up, not
1: a blue, not a federation right, shuttle, not the federation yeah. shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Important distinction. Yes. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. But, probably genuinely, most people are super excited about our number one, I think, to come out of San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. Um, as, as much as I like to rag on DC, because they are, you know, the, they are the backup pitcher, <laughs> um, these trailers came out, oh man, the Wonder Woman trailer yeah. and the clips we see from the Justice League movie.
1: Okay, out of the two of them, Wonder Woman,
0: far and away the best. Looks great. Fantastic. Looks no be- complaints. Looks very true to the source material Everything is spot on. I I do think it's very much. She definitely seems to find Captain Kirk on the beach. Um, what do you mean? Like, oh, oh, right. He's just it's it's Chris Pine who it, plays Captain. But Kirk. But he's playing the same character.
1: Well, that's it, just it, him. Yeah, that's I guess that's what they why they hire. Maybe him. it's
0: their he's playing Chris Pine. Maybe it's a Jeff yeah. Goldblum thing. But yeah, but it doesn't bother me. It it makes for a really good. It, it contrasts well with her being this very traditional, like you know, literally mythological figure. Yeah. Very steeped in. Like regalness, yeah, Then he's sort of cocky and wisecracky. Right.
1: I love that it's set during World War One, yeah, uh, which we
0: don't see very no, often.
1: We're I'm sort of World War Two'd out. It's like every other week there's a World War Two movie. And this looks really good, uh, the 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 way it's set up. He's a pilot, and he's got, like, one of those really cool old sort of, like, Red Baron-type planes he's flying around. <laughs> looks great. Uh, I love her outfit. I love the boots. I love the vanguards. There's a great shot of her holding the shield. And for some reason, every time I see it, it gives me chills. She's holding the shield, and bullets are hitting it, and you can see her arm moving. Like, it's it's shaking. It's not like... She's so stoic and powerful. She's just holding off the bullets, and, and nothing's happening. It looks like she's actually getting shot at, and actually bullets are hitting the shield. I don't know something about that. I just love it. it I love the, her golden lasso.
0: It, it, yeah, it's colorful, yeah. which is weird for a DC movie. Yes, <laughs> um, but but I like it, and it and it's it's bizarre. You think like you they definitely could have messed up that outfit and that look. Yeah. But you buy it. You believe it. It works. We also do see a lot of the other shots of like the other Amazons mm-hmm. and stuff, which is going to be fun to see how they pull that off. It almost looks like 300 for a second, because you have all these... You know, mythological-looking... Well, not dudes. With mythological-looking <laughs> ladies fighting on the beach. But then you realize that, you know, they're fighting, like, the Kaiser.
1: Yeah. And they've got, like, bow and arrows and swords. And these guys have old-timey machine guns. And it... I just... I can't wait. It looks so
0: good. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine there's anyone listening to this who hasn't seen the trailer. But on the off chance... Go take a look at the trailer. Uh, I also kind of want to point out that her theme song appears to be like a copyright-free version of the immigrant song. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love I, it too. I, I, but I, I, it seems like a weird. As, as Stella pointed out, she is an immigrant. That's very true. So that's a hundred percent okay.
1: And I mean, from the moment it first started playing in uh, Batman versus Superman, it just it's, it gives you thrills. It's like the best piece of music in any of these Snyderverse movies, and it just it gets you pumped. It's like, not
0: that the Snyderverse has a lot to choose from. Of anything. That's True.
1: Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, his next movie,
0: Justice League, the Justice League movie. Man, the, for, first off, a lot of Avengers vibes off of this. Not necessarily a bad thing because Avengers was great. Yeah. Um, but it's like someone is someone at DC finally listening.
1: <laughs> it's uh, you know Bruce Wayne playing the role of uh, Nick Fury, going around assembling all these superheroes to join the
0: team. Yeah. And like the trailer is quip heavy. Yeah. Everyone's very snarky to each other. They have the silly Flash. Yeah. Um, kind of disappointed it's not the same Flash, but, and, you know... And... The
1: same Flash from the TV series? Yes. Right. Um... Yeah, a lot of people are. I think it would have been... I mean, on the one hand, it would have been easy enough just to call him Wally West, which is another one of the traditional Flashes from the the comic books. But they've even introduced a Wally West on the, the TV show as well. So, uh, I don't know. I don't. They may have been in a no-win scenario there. I don't know, I, he looks good, he looks charming, this Flash, he's he's the only one who's actually funny in, in the trailer, which everyone else seems super dour, which is the norm for the Snyderverse, but it's nice to have this character who pops and, and brings some yeah, And he does pop right yeah. out,
0: both, both even just in terms of visual effects, so we see him do the speed force thing, right. and again, there's some color there, which yeah. is very rare. Aquaman is all gray. Batman is all black. Like, yes. it's, it's just... Well, we, to be fair, we do get our first look at the cyborg, and he looks pretty neat. And he's, he's yeah, all but again, so dour. Yeah, very, um, very dour. These are all very depressed people.
1: Yeah, and I think... I mean, I don't think that's a stretch for
0: the cyborg from the comic books,
1: but I think a lot of people are used to cyborg from the Teen Titans Go TV series, yeah, which is so
0: silly. This is a... He's, like, very straight-faced, straight-laced. Yeah. At least what we've seen of him in, like, four seconds of the trailer.
1: And so. he has the shortest amount of screen time of any of them in the trailer. Easily, but maybe it's because we are. It is really far out to be releasing this trailer. And maybe oh, it's not,
0: yeah, it's not even really a trailer. Like it's yeah. it's definitely more like just here's a sample of some footage.
1: Right, and so maybe they just don't have all of his special effects done because he is almost entirely CG with like a little bit of human poking through.
0: Looks pretty neat. He does look I neat. Mean,
1: now, my other complaint about the Flash, like I, he's definitely the best part of the trailer, but. He's nothing like uh, Barry Allen from the comic books. No. He's this awkward nerd character, which is fine, but like... But why? Why? Why do you feel the need to change what
0: works? Yeah, if you wanted Peter Parker, I'm sure Sony would license you. (laughs) It worked for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it seems weird. You already have this character. Why change it? Like, people already like the Flash. Yeah.
1: The other thing I really didn't like from this trailer was the Flash's outfit. He looks like he's in armor, like big, heavy, metallic armor, and it's just like, his power is he moves really fast. Why would he be in all this armor? It just, it's a little thing, and I'm sure most people it doesn't bother, but it's driving me crazy every time I see it.
0: I'll, I'll tell you another, a little, another little thing. All the promotional artwork for this has the Justice League with Superman there. Right. Which, I mean, of course, we all know Superman's going to be there, but then why bother killing him off in the last movie? Exactly. Spoilers! Yeah, I mean, they're not even trying to hide it. He's in the promotional artwork. Yeah. Just, it boggles the mind, why make that decision? Like, way to take agency away from this character. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he dies, no problem. He'll be back in the next movie. He's already in the dreams. It it, it, it.
1: takes away any sense of of peril with him. Like, any sense that he. Like, uh, Superman doesn't. There's not much that can hurt him to begin with. But in his second movie, to kill him and then bring him back, even before the end credits of that movie role. Basically.
0: And, like, is that even going to be a big plot point in Justice League then? Because the audience isn't going to want to sit and wait forever for Superman to come back, because we know he's coming yeah. back, so what cares? a shock. But then if he comes back in the first five minutes, too, like, it's like the fight with Smaug in the Battle of Five Armies. Sure. Hey, four minutes into the movie? Sure, let's take this major plot point and just write it out.
1: Right. You know, it's a huge thing in the, the... Anyway, we're getting
0: off topic. Enough yeah. of The Hobbit. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed all the footage I saw of this. I even liked kind of snarky Batman. Yeah. Um, But
1: I watched it a a few times now, and it's. None of the dialogue in the trailer feels natural at all. No. Except. For one moment between Batman and Wonder Woman where uh he's saying, you know, he's more he sang, or less. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. N- less. No, no, he said no. And it was like that was a great little moment, but that felt like pure Affleck improvisation.
0: Honestly, I mean, and I know what you're gonna say, but to me it felt like Marvel. Yeah. It felt like like it felt like a Chris Pratt line or like well, a Captain yeah. America line. Tony Stark line. Very much a Tony Stark line. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? I mean, we all love the Marvel movies. But I can imagine at DC them saying, like, do we stick with our guns, which are terrible? Or do we just start doing what Marvel is doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's gotta hurt.
1: It's pretty out of character for the Batman they've established. But anyway, I'm even with all of these criticisms, I'm more excited for it than I was for Batman vs. Superman or Man of Steel, just based on this one trailer.
0: Yeah. We could tell pretty early on from those ones that we weren't going to be happy. We yeah. were right. From these ones... <laughs> This It looks like I'm going to be happy with Justice League. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be happy with Wonder Woman. Oh, definitely. Can't wait. Dying to see that. That was our Top 5 stuff to come out of the San Diego Comic-Con. We'll be right back with our special guest segment, so please stay tuned.
1: And we're back with the second half of Geek Top 5. This week we've got a great list from Mr. David Hall. It's a list of the top five TV shows that are like great TV shows, but have some less than great plot lines.
0: Now you're talking about specific instances in this case, or just televisions, or television that you just enjoyed
2: entirely, regardless of the plot. Right, 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 right. That's a that's a, <laughs> obviously a huge differentiation about <laughs> how the shows are working. It is a show that. Is good on all merits, but will have a plot line that could be for a season that will span and just be horrible, that ruins it for people, and maybe they'll come back, hopefully. Uh, or in a couple instances, an episode that is just quite foolish.
1: So, did, it, did these, these plot lines ruin the show for you?
2: You know what? Uh, for, I would say, half of them, no. But for the top ones in the spot, <laughs> definitely. And I can say that I rewatch these shows. If I'm going to rewatch them, I will like remove the back half of a, of a television series. I'll just eliminate those seasons from my mind. To it just avoid stops these. before the That's incident. That's right. That is exactly. All right. right.
1: Let's just get your your credentials on here. What's, okay. What's, how, you watch a ton of TV, right? I watch
2: more TV than I would say most people. Than is uh, medically recommended. It's, it's true. I can I can say that when I used to work at a Rogers Video, I one year I clocked in how many movies I actually watched. That year, I happened to watch four hundred and sixty five movies. Uh, so it's more than a movie a day. That's more than a movie a day. That's right. So I I've seen my fair share uh, uh, of the motion it's pictures. Weir- it's weird when you get to that point where you just only remember things based on it being a bit different than being good or not and that's a really strange way to think about stuff but now since you know now that there's this golden age of television I've switched my focuses from movies over to TV I love TV uh, I watch it too much but I'm I guess now I can pass on my wisdom to you <laughs> fellow uh, listeners on how to avoid some of these uh, these pitfalls finally it'll into. all have been worth it that's right <laughs> This it's, it's led up to this moment right here what's number five on the list okay so I tried to order these, but some of them were sort of off. Uh, Number five is Skins, the British one. The American one never actually took off. Skins is this British show that is supposed to be this gritty teen, like kids. You guys remember the movie Kids? I am Uh, aware of it. Rosaria Dawson, and that's what her first (laughs) big break. Anyways, my impression reading about this
0: is it's like Degrassi, if everyone on it was terrible. Yeah, that's 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 a perfect (laughs) and and British. Yeah. So basically,
2: Skins. (laughs) Uh, Season 4, Freddy getting murdered. Uh, (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) Yes, and all these things are spoilers, so it's going to happen. Skins is interesting in that, like Degrassi, people rotate in and out. So the first couple seasons were following one group of kids, and the most notable of that would be... um, now I of course I forgot his name beast. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, he's beast yes. in the recent X Men movies. That's right.
1: He was uh, about a boy in yep. the original. Oh Hugh man, he about was. a boy.
2: Shake that ass, mystical. What a great song. <laughs> um, if you remember about a boy, good times. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so people loved the first group of kids, right? And then the second group of kids sort of came along, and people were sort of like so-so on them. But the main thing that sort of put over the top and basically killed the show for viewers, was that at the end, there's this one kid who goes to visit this um, therapist who is treating another one of the kids, and is obsessed with said girl, who this character is dating, and then he proceeds in murdering him. Yeah, Uh, it's like,
1: I watched it this morning for research, Yeah,
2: and it was like
1: something out of you know, a Hannibal Lecter movie yeah. or something. It just yeah. seemed so out of place Yeah, the rest like, of the series. Bad things that
0: happen to teenagers are usually like, oh, no, someone's doing drugs. Yeah, or they're mm-hmm. cheating on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and now it's mm-hmm. like cold-blooded murder. Yeah.
2: yeah. It sort of seems like a little bit outside of the <laughs> you know, your usual zone. Exactly. It. So that's the thing. It just It just took it from being this sort of fun, gritty kids show into just preposterous anything can happen land and uh people hated it and base I feel like because of that the show did continue it did have another couple more seasons but viewership like completely dropped off after this now, do we know if that was the
0: result of like a contract dispute? Like did they need a way to write this well, kid out? The
2: it <laughs> was the second last episode of their block. So there was, <laughs> no reason was gonna wrap it up anyway. There was no reason for them to murder this guy. It was Pure just... shock about like, it. Him. was. It was specifically there so people would go like, Oh my god. I mean, what my, is happening? My wife
1: watched the was watching the series and at yeah. uh, she told me about that episode. This is, she was watching it a few weeks yes, ago. Yeah. Told me about the episode and how it like shook her to her core, <laughs> and she didn't want to keep watching the series <laughs> after it. And when I told her this was on your list, yeah. she got visibly upset and was like, "Oh, I can't <laughs> believe they did that." Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, It was wow. It was like really Definitely. affected absolutely the audience. Absolutely.
2: So just going too far for the the shock, <laughs> and that's it. And I don't. And there wasn't even payoff. It was just sort of like let's just. Kill this skateboarding kid, right? Who deserves to die. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like it makes no sense.
1: Okay, so let's uh, let's move on to mm-hmm. to number four then.
2: Mm-hmm. So number four, uh, Lost is one of those shows that. As it was going, I would have been the one to tell you, like, this is going to be my, this is my favorite show. I love everyone. loved right? Lost. You gotta love Lost. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> season one. Season one. Come on. Season one. You gotta love season
0: I,
1: one. I liked yeah. I liked Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was watching Lost, I was more in a binge mode. Like we started right. watching just before the last season finished, and just before mm-hmm. it came out on, on DVD. Yeah. So we we were watching it and binging it. So.
2: I, Season I've, 2 wasn't so bad. Yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found that, you know, I did that with uh, 24, where mm-hmm. I binged the first three seasons and then started watching it as it aired. And it was a completely different experience. So different. So There's different. nothing like, you, you know, uh, when an episode ends, you you ha- don't have time to really talk about it and For analyze sure. what happened. For sure. For sure. And I think that sort of led to some of the downfall of Lost. Well, yeah, I think, yeah definitely. Years. I
2: mean,. Uh, I'll talk about why I really hate Lost, but first, let's get to, um, I guess, the, this moment, which the whole series is leading up to, you know, what is this island? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty wacky on. series anyway. Yeah, there's monsters. Yeah, there's we, sure. Yeah, like it's So there's a lot going on, and then at the very end of this whole show, which, you know, we reveal that there's smoke monsters. We see these things, so we find out what is, like, the magic of the island, and we find out that it's this gold lighted water and what's containing the magic is basically this cork and they talk about it as a cork and then it becomes a stone so a literal stone is put in place on this (laughs) island to like to, to keep its power basically and they're gonna pull this cork out of the island it is when when you hear it like in these uh, in these conversations beforehand, you're like, okay, they don't actually mean <laughs> that they're gonna pull a right. cork. Right. it's a metaphor the- for some yeah. kind yeah. of magical it's Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But when it became this literal cork that people are fighting over, it, it just stripped and I think that's the same thing with well, just the lost series entirely. As soon as they started to reveal some of these uh, answers of these fun questions, right. it yeah. fell apart. Like this was definitely a Jaws opening. And then we see that horrible looking shark, which just <laughs> happens to be a massive stone cork. <laughs> now, to be fair, I mean all magic loses the magic when you find out
0: how it works. Right. But like that's gonna right. happen regardless. Right. This is the Midaclorian's yes. argument. Yes. yes. Oh yes. boy. But it is possible to do that sort of thing well. I guess in this case you're saying just a cork came off as so mm. ludicrous. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because it was literally because it's it's yeah. li- like, it's literally yeah. like if they pull the cork, then all the water comes out That's and right. then they all die or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah.
1: I, I, if I remember correctly, they pull the cork out at one point and then they cut to a different part of the island and it's all shaking and yes. it's starting to sink yes, and like reactors apart. are yeah. going up yeah. and then they put the cork back
2: in and that stops. That's right. And it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So the big thing with Lost and the reason why I now just like hate it is that uh, I have a friend who. Uh, was in a bar with one of the writers of Lost, and basically was like, "Well, come on, you got to tell me about Lost. Like, how was it? Like, how did you write those crazy episodes?" And basically, th- the writer informed him that they didn't have any answers. They were just trying to write the craziest shit they could, and they were like, "To dan like, be damned with these answers," which so-
0: seemed evident for most of, at least right. the second half of right. the show. I guess right. as soon it right. was very to- clear yes. they had no idea yes. where they were going. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I think this is a downfall that we're going to see with a lot of this stuff. With uh, American TV, you've got these mandates of having 20 or more episodes, and it is hard to stretch a show out right. to 20 episodes in a year and try and keep all of them interesting mm-hmm. and not reveal too much, but not reveal too little, mm-hmm. and if, especially if you don't have an end date in right. mind, right. you're sort of handcuffed where you're like, you just have to keep the mystery Definitely. going and I think
2: that is changing now especially with Netflix and on demand yeah. like something like Stranger Things which I just finished which was an excellent series people understand that shorter seasons are happening and we're just going for that trend but before that happened these other series have kept on the 22 yeah. episode yeah. thing and, and so they needed to through. fill some
0: time and yes. so they decided to stick a cork in it yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: or pull it out in yes this uh, yeah, case. for sure, for sure. It's it's one thing it's like when these mysteries are are, are first start, you're like, Why are there polar birds? That's so mm, cool. Mm. And then when they actually reveal why they're there, you're like, Oh, well that's just unsatisfying sure. and it's like because you have to do backflips to explain why yes. there are polar bears on a,
0: a, a mysterious right, island. But that can go well. You know like mm. you remember What is the Matrix? You remember that advertising mm. campaign? Right. The Matrix turned out to be rad. Yeah. <laughs> like, they revealed it and we were all like
1: oh so cool. I guess in that case they had two hours as opposed to yes. how many yeah. hours was lost by the end? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, too, too many. Four, <laughs> yeah. Oh horrible. Horrible.
2: Right. Turned out horribly. I can't I can't ever watch it again. It's done. <laughs> Should we move on to number three? (laughs) Number three. (laughs) So number three uh, is just widely considered um, Friday Night Lights. People love this show. It is a beloved show. It finished five seasons. And in general, most of the show has, well, I would say almost all the show is held up except for season two's uh, murder cover-up. Um, plotline, which is also sort of going back to Skins. This was a series, well, is a series about um, small town high school football uh, and and how this football just just plays out for all these different students and adults and, and intertwines in their life. And in season two, one of the hot girls uh, in the high school uh gets attacked by a by a rapist he 's actually like no, known to be a serial rapist basically and so while she 's fighting him off uh landry a, a a nerdy boy from the school comes to her aid and like hits him over the head and kills him randomly as you do as yeah, you do sure. but but instead of doing you know the smart thing of just <laughs> informing people and landry 's dad happens to be the sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Why not just cover yeah. up the body and by cover it up, we'll just throw it over a bridge <laughs> into some water and hopefully it will go well for us. And probably no one will miss him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this (laughs) is one of those shows where everyone was talking about it. I remember it was like a huge thing. And I kept thinking, a football show? I don't even care about football at all. But people kept saying, no, no, it's more than football. The football is (laughs) totally secondary to all this other stuff.
0: So when I find out about this plot line, it just seems like... (laughs) And the thing is, it wasn't a very big plot line in the season. Like, even going back to oh, research yeah. it, there, there's big important plots. Like, there's the new coach who nobody likes because yeah. the old one's gone. Yeah. They have all yeah. these serious problems. Oh, and while also all this is going on, there's also, this, they're, they're covering up this yes. murder. Yes. and so, it gets like half a sentence <laughs> like, honestly,
2: there is more of it in the show but people hate it that much but they like the show so much that they hide it on the internet now it's like, it's like they're just removing it how meta is that yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hiding yeah. the murder yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah so so it went on for probably like the first like half of the second season but everybody I think even the writers at the time was like Ugh. they they made it to put these two characters together I guess for a reason you know because people were like oh it'd be fine. because it'd be milkshakes weren't good enough yeah, that yeah. used to <laughs> be all you needed. It was a milkshake with two straws. Now you have to murder a rapist and throw his body in the river? It's so old-fashioned, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) the good old days, darn it. Murder mysteries
1: are the new milkshakes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that's it. I think it's really they just wanted to have this pairing of these two people together. They didn't know how to do it, so they did something stupid. And then the show basically, once they realized it was not a good idea, they promptly just forgot about it. Like, they, they tied it up there was no Which repercussions is worse. and then it just <laughs> there were no moved repercussions on. well basically like uh Landry decides to tell his dad they go to the sheriff's office he confesses and then they're like, well, he was a rapist, so I guess <laughs> yeah. you're fine, you know. And they're like, okay, and then they just go yeah. back to school, and, and, wow. <laughs> and it's all, and it's all done.
1: My, uh, it seems like the internet conspiracy theory about this is that the first season was hugely critically acclaimed, but yep. didn't have great ratings, and so introducing these wild, you know, soap opera esque mm. plot mm. lines like murders and yep. disappearing bodies. Yeah, the, was a way the tornado, to tornado
2: in there too. Ooh.
0: Like there was a bunch right. of stuff. Right. Yeah. Right, but. I mean, th- what this comes down to is the decisions made by these characters. Like, yep. a tornado happens sometimes. It's not necessarily yep. the best plot device. Yep. But in a show where you've established the characters, you've established what they're capable of, you've established what their lives are like, mm-hmm. I just, it would, it would be on the same level of ridiculous that, like, if they got beamed up to a spaceship to fight aliens. For sure. For one episode. <laughs> yeah. And it came back yes. down. It's like, oh, good thing we survived that alien Absolutely. war. And just in time for the big game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, coach? <laughs> <laughs> Flip six through
2: hole. Yeah, they just, they just go for it. It's yeah, futuristic and, and, football. You know, and during,
0: it. the, yeah, during the space war, Landry found his confidence and he was <laughs> oh, yeah. able to, to <laughs> as, kick the field goal yeah, or yes, whatever. That's right. Like, that's no right. one would buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so w- it's just as ridiculous. What were the writers thinking when they decided to go with
2: eh, murder rape? Mm-hmm. Murder Egg's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Kids like that, right? <laughs> it's, it's topical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For so,
1: sure. did that hurt the series for you when you were watching it?
2: You know what? Uh, I have rewatched it since. I just kind of fast-forwarded through that. Because it is just like, you know, that C-plot. Right. And yeah. hey, there you can sort of get rid of it. It's still a fine show. Um, but it's just definitely just avoid that specific moment. And okay. We're, and we're good to go. So, yeah. I geez. can still watch it. Okay. It's still watchable
1: All right. Okay. So uh, here's one that I'm sure would be a lot harder to force fast forward through. This is your number two on the list, right? Mm -hmm. Gilmore Girls.
2: That's correct. So Gilmore Girls, we know how huge a show this is. It's coming back on Netflix. Right. Right. Um, give
1: give Jesse some background yes, on this one. for sure. It's so, a bit of a. If you were to <laughs> just try and read about it, it, you come off as like, why was this
0: a thing? Reading about it, it's <laughs> yeah, this seems a little strange.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's really interesting because it's a show where at its core, it's a bunch of quirky characters in a small town, and this mother daughter relationship that is is fun and and is actually kind of different because I feel like shows before this a lot of times you have uh, this animosity between mother-daughter, and so it's nice to have this kind of... It's just a show that everybody could watch. It's fun and light, and instead of watching Breaking Bad, you could flip this on and just have people chatting really fast and having a good time. And tons and, of pop culture references. And so many Weird. pop culture references. It's, it's crazy. Um, and obviously, people love it to death because it's coming back to Netflix. Uh, the interesting thing, though, that I find is that the original creator... When they pitched a show, and this is the reason why I'm prefacing this, is that it I think it trickled down to make this horrible, horrible decision. So the original show was pitched as um, mother-daughter, single mom, and they're in the small town, they're going to live their life, and then they're going to reconnect with sort of this estranged husband. And at the end of the show, is supposed to be this family again, the three okay. of them. However... During the show, as it was playing out, because the husband—or not husband, but like the father—wasn't right. actually introduced right off the top, there was another male leading guy who was in the show. So everybody just assumed that that was like the lobsters, like they were the ones who were supposed to pair up. Lorelai was supposed to pair up with Luke, who owns the diner. So for the first, so as this is happening, like everybody sees this chemistry between the diner owner and Lorelei. And they're getting closer and closer together. Meanwhile, the show creator is like, oh, well, I'm still trying to work in how to make it so the father is the main guy. Yeah. And, right. you, and you couldn't yeah. just
0: have the diner owner like
2: try to rape someone and get murdered. Because <laughs> yeah. no, no. that would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous <laughs> for the show. So the solution, in my mind, the way that they figured out how to... Put a little wrench into this relationship. because basically. Gomer goes up to season four. They're doing this sort of Will, Luke, and Lorelai. Four and years, four of before they bring the dad. The, yeah, yeah, they're bringing. So, they're, well, no, he's in there. He's in. There. He pops in, in, in place, and out, so, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. right. But anyway, so basically, in season four, they get Luke and Lorelai together. It's a big deal. Everybody's freaking out. It's like this monumental moment. And then a bit down the road, they have to figure out how to break them up. And so in comes Luke's daughter we've never heard about he doesn't know about this like the first episode is this girl shows up and like asks for his dna and is like as oh, you do as yeah you yeah do. and then she's like oh by the way i'm your daughter and he's like Bruh. and so now all of a sudden they they basically just create a backstory this brand new information to throw in a daughter you know right. out of nowhere and, and
1: she, she sort of, like, to make a ridiculously dated reference, she's like the Cousin Oliver. Of, you know how yes, like they yeah, added yeah. a character That's to the right. Brady Bunch? That's right. That's and exactly she's it. almost as obnoxious yeah. as Cousin as Oliver. And as soon
2: as she showed up, people were just furious, <laughs> right? Because it's just like, you cannot, what? This makes no sense. This is not like, it's so out of character for Luke to have all this stuff happen. And it's just such a just a contrivance or just some just petty way to to split them up.
1: It also seems like it's one of those, again, one of these like things where you've got so many episodes to fill and, uh, you know, your original plans get kiboshed by circumstances that happen in the interim. And so you just end up throwing stuff out there to Mm. try and see where it works without putting enough thought into the consequences.
0: But is this something that's... Like, it doesn't seem nearly as out of left field as some of the other examples
2: we've talked about so far. Like... In the terms of Gilmore Girls, I would say it is because it just it just changed the dynamic so much of how, how the characters were playing out and, and, and the trajectory of the show, I guess. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, obviously a kid showing up that you didn't know about is definitely more believable than somebody just getting murdered out of the blue. But the impacts for the show were quite large but is it that the characters didn't lasting. react the way
0: you'd expect um, like would we have assumed that Lorelai would have been like oh cool daughter that's fine well the part of it was that
1: Luke didn't tell Lorelai like he kept it a secret for no particular reason <laughs> and then when she found out she didn't like her for, or didn't like the whole situation for no particular reason right. it was just like contrivance after contrivance okay, that's, to create yes, conflict yeah that's yes. what I'm going for yes. is because
0: yes. that seems to me like that could have been a right. plot point that makes sense in the right. universe. Right, 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 right. It's how the characters react to it right. that would be that would be yeah. strange. And yeah. the other
1: thing that that sort of bugged me about it, and correct me if I'm wrong, David, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not as into Gilmore Girls, but she seemed to fill a hole in the show that didn't need filling. Like Absolutely. she. She, absolutely. there's, there's Lorelai and her daughter is Rory. And Rory is this plucky, super smart girl who's, mm-hmm. who talks really fast and has all these pop culture references. And then suddenly Luke has a daughter who talks really
2: fast and has all these pop yes. culture
1: references. Really smart. And it's just like, do we
2: need a Rory Jr.? Sure. And you're absolutely right. It's, it was strange because this child was more of Lorelai's kid than it would be of Luke's. Like, this kid is nothing like Luke. Which At is all. interesting
1: for that dynamic, yeah. but he's already got Rory for that, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: for sure. Know, like in terms of how family structure works, that's believable. But in terms yeah. of a television structure, like everything's on a scale and everything needs mm-hmm. to balance itself mm-hmm. out. If yeah. you have, if every character is witty and clever, yeah. it reads like a John Scalzi book where everyone right. has the same <laughs> right. voice. Right.
2: And then you right. can't even tell who's talking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is the thing. It's like for me to even. Talk about this character, it's hard for me because if I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls, it, I never get to this point. Really? This show for me is like done after a part way through season five and then I just wrap it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have like a, a series finale? In yeah. Head? Oh, yeah.
2: Well, it's it. like you just get Luke and Lorelai together and then you just have them be <laughs> together for a little bit and then you just. Finish it off, right? And then there's no more, episodes, you know, no more seasons after that. I just, I can't even tell you how many seasons of Gilmore Girls there are. These in my mind, I finished it, it just partway through season five. All right, let's go on to number one on the list. Mm-hmm. So number one is a show that probably most people, unless you're like a diehard like, my so-called life girl romance shows for some, I mean, once again, I watch all the shows, I love them all I love, I love them all equally genre-wise, you know what I mean? You just love this um, one the most? Uh, <laughs> I, you know what, I love a good, like teen girl show. I don't even know if that's true anymore It's also so a weird about, thing to say Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think definitely I was regretting it as I was saying yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> I will say,
1: so just, uh, yeah. this has some of the most geek cred behind the scenes of right. any of the shows on the list. Like Lost has great Definitely. stuff, but yes. Felicity has JJ Abrams on yep. board, so it had Lost. But this also has Matt Reeves, who was Absolutely. like the
0: real creator, right? For sure, of Felicity.
1: For sure, and he directed Dawn
0: of the Planet of the yep. Apes, and yep. he's he's done a bunch of cool. So, stuff. so you gave it away. He's talking yeah, about yeah. Felicity. That's we hadn't right. gotten there. That's, yet. Right. Yeah. that's okay. Felicity. Yeah. No. I gotta be. Honest, I was really hoping you were gonna talk about her hair. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I had no yeah. idea what that yes. was about when yeah, I, was I was a, a kid. Big, yeah.
2: It was a big deal. But uh, but no, there's something worse. That's right. That's right. So going back to well, I guess just both of what you guys are talking about, Felicity is actually like a, is a really interesting show because of the people who are behind it, and so there are a lot of fantastic moments of the show. Um, the, the premise of the show is that this girl who is this super highly educated valedictorian. She, she looks at her yearbook at the end of her graduating year and realizes that she doesn't really know anybody, but the cute guy who she kind of looked at, you know, in high school wrote a sort of cryptic message in her yearbook. And so she follows him to New York instead of going to medical school. Is that how it starts? That's how it starts. the very first episode. Really? And okay. and so she follows this guy because he's dreamy. And, mm-hmm. uh, and and then realizes, and then when she confronts him about it, he's like, I, I just wrote something into your book. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so then, but then follows this epic romance that's like Twilight levels of crazy <laughs> at the time. It was, you know, this two guys. There's your sort of like nice guy, helpful guy next door kind of dude who was um, Scott Foley uh and uh his name was Noel which is a horrible name it, things things and, like that happened in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh Scott Speedman uh Canadian, Canadian that's yeah, right mm-hmm. yeah, from from Toronto even uh and uh Ben and he was this like I don't even know if he was like illiterate but he was like kind of a dumb <laughs> good looking dude I um, mean if you're
1: not even sure if he's illiterate <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah that's yeah that's right that's right and so <laughs> Um, and she's sort of choosing between the two of them. So going back to Jesse's point, if you're old enough to remember, this is basically the first season, even if you didn't watch it, Carrie Russell, who's the main character and you know, she's still doing well, Americans best show that's on TV right now. Uh, she has this, this, these large curly locks, uh, and, and it just was like her character. I guess all the posters, all the commercials, everything is just this hair, And then in season two, in the very beginning, she basically just lops it all off. And it was this huge deal for, I guess, everybody watching. Yeah. Because all of a sudden she was not as attractive, I guess. And people flipped out and stopped watching the show, basically. But it's like,
1: we didn't... Jesse and I... For sure, did not watch that show growing up. Yeah. But even we
0: knew yes. about that. We do, there's now a, like a meme, like a, like a thing that you say is like, "Oh, it's you know, like you're as dumb as the person who cut Felicity's hair." Yes. Like, yeah, that's yes. just a thing. That's it right. shows up that's in right. the zeitgeist, a right. '90s that's right.
1: version of jumping the shark. So already,
0: exactly. this yeah. show has something in it that's a crazy turnaround moment Yes. for yes. no reason. Yes, right. <laughs> but I mean, even that isn't... But when you think about it,
1: it's not even that big a deal. Like a character getting a haircut no. shouldn't be That's a what I'm saying. Right, right, it's it's yeah, right. Yeah, it's
2: completely that's meaningless. Right. So, so if you manage to survive the haircutting controversy... <laughs> haircutting gate. Yes. <laughs> so you, so you, you pass that point and you got to the fourth season on its last legs where no one was really watching. I guess because no one was really watching. The, the debate between who she should be with was heated and at this time I guess internet was not really the the way it was today and there were big camps you would be wearing your t-shirts right of of Ben or Noel and they chose one way they chose to go with Ben you know the good-looking dude who offers nothing else why not that's fine That's, that's that's up to that's their right but to stick it to the other side they wanted to prove that Ben was the right choice and the way that they went about doing that was for Felicity to basically time travel so she could try Noel out for a while and then they could be like see that was a horrible relationship <laughs> and then went back to be like Ben's the best and then and then they finished the series but literal time travel <laughs> so like not a dream sequence well, or it it's, it's it's a bit tricky basically she has this like witch friend Okay, and, so every sentence because gets, so, gets gets better and better. So in the middle
1: of the fourth season, it became charmed.
2: Basically, yes. So <laughs> this the last few episodes. Like, and this is the thing: is this is like the end of this show. <laughs> so it's like you don't even get to come. It's it's it was a dream all along. It's basically what they did. The last. Okay. I, I can't. I wouldn't. I can't tell you the exact number of episodes that they decided to pull this off in, but it actually was like more than one. Yeah. And they're like. Her witch friend maybe casts a spell on her, and then she she travels back in time. So we sort of watch some of the moments that were previously done, and then she makes her other choice if she was with Noel instead of of bed, and they live out their life a bit, and they find out it's horrible. Um, And then she, like, wakes up again or something, and then goes back to Ben at the very end of the... uh, Which is so wild. Yes. Uh, looking into this, yes. I think it was five episodes. Five episodes, there you uh, go. Which is
0: a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, for a television show. But
2: again, so this is an example. Well,
1: it's a long <laughs> time for a show that doesn't have supernatural stuff in it. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. That's why I wouldn't just classify it as like a little witch like time travel if it's multiple episodes, that, that counts as going back. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm right. going back to, to, to try and write But these you know, songs. like like the murder rape
0: thing was way out of left field doesn't mm-hmm. suit the show mm-hmm. time travel the, or it, like, technically is impossible yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like right. it's it, it's not like it even yes. could have possibly yes. happened it's so far <laughs> out of the range through right. this show that's right i just i like, the, like how does the character reconcile that like she just
2: goes magic, with it. yeah, magic. She just she yeah. just is like, that's right. well, that's right. There's time travel now, and that's that's it. Well, you know, because after she, you know she's one down with her like smoky whatever mystic stuff. She was just like, oh my god, this is like the best idea ever. And I can try <laughs> to live my dreams of the other way, and uh, so she just goes with it, and then yeah. it turns
0: out it sucks, and she yeah, goes back. Exactly.
2: I mean, I f- I feel like so once again, this show is just about these regular teenagers living life. And then there's this weird stuff. However, in the show, there were a couple episodes that were a bit strange that they just wanted to try out. There was, for instance, a Twilight Zone episode where, for whatever reason, I guess because the creators just love Twilight I mean, who doesn't love Twilight Zone? Sure. They uh, go do a Twilight Zone episode. So it is... It's not, are, it's, exactly but I it mean, sounds like still, that's the sort of thing that's kind of a one-off. It is a one-off right It's it like the Deep Space one-off. Nine crew playing yes. baseball like it's yes. not, it doesn't really yes. but the number I mean the real reason why I hate it I mean I hate it on so many levels because obviously <laughs> it just makes no sense but for those people who really wanted the null relationship to work, it just was just like a slap in the face because like, right. you could just why not just have if you're going to have a love triangle there's going to be somebody that you choose. That's fine. But the other people can always say, what if? Right? So, <laughs> and you can always be like, oh, but she really belongs with so," Or vice versa, he really belongs with, you know, that other woman. So, so Dave. So that's you, why it was so rough. When you yeah.
1: watch the show, especially yes. the first time,
2: I mean, were you a Noel girl? Oh, I'm definitely, definitely on Noel's side. Okay. Definitely on And that's You're the thing. a Noel thing. girl he, and not he a bad definitely, girl. And that's the thing. He definitely just took the character that I wanted her to be with and then just shat all over that relationship. So So, you're
0: more upset about revisiting the relationship than you are about the time travel.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the thing. The time travel, it's an issue, but it's more (laughs) the fact that they would go and rub it in your face. Because when it's a show about relationships... You and I are very different people. No, it's it's a show about relationships. Right. And so then they just were like, Nope. So if she traveled through time, <laughs> yes. and it turns out
0: that relationship was better, <laughs> yeah. you'd have been like, yeah, time travel, whatever. Yeah. Hell yeah. Totally was, makes sense. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We do that. Time we, travel's we, my we, new Cupid. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
2: I would, uh... The, I, I completely misinterpreted this thing on your list here. <laughs> no, I mean, the big problem, like, obviously time travel is an issue. It's, it's, it's the main reason why it's ridiculous. But she also chose wrong. So she, <laughs> okay. definitely, she definitely chose wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: so, uh, did does that ruin the show for you? Or are you unable to watch it after that?
2: Uh, yes, that show. Wow, as it's dead to you. Oh yeah, it is. It is really harsh. That show is too harsh for me to watch again. <laughs> it, they do a lot of really ridiculous things that uh, yeah have made it impossible for me to watch Felicity again. That's that's correct. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay, well (laughs) Special thanks to David Hall Who's been traveling through time with us for the last half hour or so To discuss his list (laughs) And uh, you've been listening to Geek Top 5 Special thanks to our special guests Special thanks to Ben Sound and to Stella Semyonova. And if you have anything you'd like to say About Felicity, about her hair Or about the space-time continuum We'd love to hear from you We can be reached all over the internet
1: You can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We can be reached on Facebook at facebook.com slash geektop5. And we can be reached on Twitter at geektop5. We would also love it if you could give us a review on iTunes if uh, that's your podcast uh, downloader of choice. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. We'll see you when we see you.